This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller, filling in for Nick and Ken here on a Thursday. Plenty of NFL talk thus far. Reminder that we are on stadiums. Make sure you go to watchstadium.com. Can check us out over there up until 6 o'clock Eastern time. We're still on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. You can also watch us and listen to us on twitch.tv slash betql and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. We're going to have our first guest of the show coming up at 4.42 Eastern Time. Frank Stamfel is going to join us, writer for CBS Sports and host of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Going to talk some fantasy baseball with Frank, obviously pitchers and catchers reporting yesterday. And Mark, you know, when pitchers and catchers report, Obviously, sports fans, baseball fans are so excited because that means that springtime is almost upon us. That means that spring training is around the corner. Opening day is almost here. But it also means that you get to learn about all the injuries that you had no idea was going on behind closed doors <laughs> that finally because you know are obviously talked about when the GMs tell you who's hurt. And uh, Orioles got, got some tough news today that Kyle Bradish is dealing with the UCL injury. He's going to start the season on the IL and you know, the Orioles are trying to be optimistic about it. And they say that even though he's not going to start the season on uh, the opening day roster, that he should pitch again in 2024. First off, when your GM says he should pitch again in 2024, never a good thing. Whenever a pitcher and UCL are in the same sentence, also not usually a good thing. So I, uh, I'm not expecting Kyle Bradish probably to be back for the Orioles in 2024. This makes even more sense why they went out and got Corbin Burns. They also have John Means, who's not going to start the uh, season on the opening day roster as well. He's recovering from Tommy John's surgery. Had a couple starts at the end of last year, but then wasn't able to make it on the postseason roster because he had to deal with an elbow injury as well. So... Orioles are uh, dealing with a couple of injuries to their pitchers. However, their odds to win the ALE still remain the same at plus 200. Mark, in your eyes, does this make you a little bit more concerned about the Orioles heading into the season that they might be without one of their better pitchers? It does. When these types of injuries happen, there's always opportunity for betters, right? That's immediately where our mind goes. We want to see how it's going to shape the market. It hasn't shaped the market at all yet. Do you agree with that, PJ? I sort of don't. And do you think that this gives the Yankees more value or the Blue Jays? 
Well, I think it gives Tampa, honestly, would be would be my team. We were talking about mm-hmm. that yesterday. Outside of the Orioles, like my bet in the East would be Tampa at plus 700. I think this gives, gives them a better look. I am surprised, actually, Mark, that the odds didn't move that much. I think a big reason being, I don't know if you've had a chance to look, but the Orioles' first, like, 25 games of the season, you really couldn't ask for a much easier start. They play the Angels twice. They play the Royals twice. They play Oakland. They play Milwaukee, Minnesota, like, Every team that you could want, maybe outside of the Nationals, Rockies, and White Sox to start the season, the Orioles are playing. Now what that means, even though their schedule is easy to start, it's certainly going to be backloaded towards the end of the year when division races and pennant races start heating up. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably why part of the reason the odds maybe haven't adjusted is because right now the Orioles are saying this might not be a long-term thing. This might be a first couple weeks of the season month type thing. And also just because of the resources that they have, I think built into the price is the fact that Jordan Montgomery's still out there. Blake Snell's still out there. And now that the Orioles have new ownership, there's this excitement that under the Angelos family, they were never going to spend money. But now with David Rubenstein taking over, now they could spend money and go after people like that. So I think the combination of the easy schedule, the farm system, the new ownership, and the fact that you have to give them, you know, benefit of the doubt that they won 101 games last year, and they essentially did it with two top-end starters, right? With Grayson and Kyle Bradish. And Grayson wasn't great until the second half of the season. So Essentially, Mark, it's just the same team as last year. Now you're going to have Burns and Grayson Rodriguez to rely on because they didn't have John Means essentially for the entire year last year. What hurts them more even now, though, is that Felix Bautista injury. Felix is the best closer in baseball, and he's already out for the season. And the Orioles won a lot of games last year by like three runs or less, and they were able to win all those because of Felix. And he is so key in the regular season because of the extra inning rules and when runners start on second base with no outs and Felix's strikeout to, I mean, hit ratio is just, it's like absurd. He strikes out 50% of the batters that he faces. So not having him and then not having Bradish potentially for the whole year, like it's a big blow. So I'm interested. That's why I think right now the odds on the Orioles are going to remain, but You know, if they go through the first stretch of the season, Mark, if they get off to a slow stretch and they're like hovering around 500 or maybe they're like even a couple games under 500 and we find out that Bradish is out for the year potentially in a long-term injury, then uh, I think it could get tough for the O's because their schedule is only going to get harder and harder and harder as the season goes on. Yeah, I think it really helps the Blue Jays. And if betters like the Blue Jays, the schedule that you brought up, the Orioles' early schedule, is something to really keep an eye on because it's going to cause an even bigger gap between the Orioles and the Blue Jays on the odds board. And you're going to be able to get the Blue Jays probably at a decent price because not only does Baltimore have a very advantageous start to the season, Toronto is the exact opposite. Ten straight road games. They have to go to Houston. So they're going to start off the season pretty slow. So maybe you wait two weeks if you like Toronto, even if you like Tampa. You know, wait two weeks into the season. Let those games play out, especially if you like the Blue Jays. Let that big road trip play out. Let's get into April, you know, deep into April, and then start to look at those prices. They're going to be a little bit inflated. There's your opportunity. If you believe New York is just a bunch of money and doesn't have staying power at the top of the division, you might want to look at Toronto and Tampa. 
Completely agree. I completely agree. That's a great point, right? Because the O schedule is going to be easy, so maybe you don't bet them, but you certainly could look at the other teams because the AL East last year was such a great division to bet in the season. Remember, the Rays got off to that historical start. They were 13-0 and yes. to start the season. They had built like a six-and-a-half game lead in the first two weeks of the season, and they started out the year like plus three-something. They were already minus money after the first couple weeks of the year. So... The Orioles, you got even a bigger price on them than they were to start the season. They obviously come back and win the division. So you're right. It's the best division in baseball, top to bottom. All these teams are good. They can all beat each other. They certainly could all make the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't know if the Red Sox might, but who knows? Crazier things Is there any value in the Red Sox? I mean, it seems like a pretty big gap between them and everybody else. Like, from a talent roster perspective, is it really warranted that big of a gap? Not saying they should be favored, not be, saying they should be in the top two, three. But are the Red Sox that far off? I think they are. I think they are with these other yeah. teams. Because they can hit. Their lineup's good. But, Mark, they just – they have no pitching. They have no pitching. And even their lineup, you know, I mean, Duvall's still a free agent. Like, who knows where he's going to sign. Um, Justin Turner, they obviously lost. I mean, the middle of their order is is strong, but they just can't pitch at all. And these other teams, like, the Rays can pitch. The Orioles, you know, still got Burns and Rodriguez. The Blue Jays have some strong mm-hmm. arms. The Yankees have Cole. They got a great bullpen. So I do think the gap is is that big. That's why when we were talking about it yesterday, like the Red Sox at 13 to 1, if the Orioles had the Red Sox roster or the Rays had the Red Sox roster, like they would be 25 to 1 to win the division. So it's just one mm-hmm. of those, like it's a brand name. They're the Red Sox, and that's why they're priced as high as they are. Tax on a bad team. We always talk about the tax on a good team, right? Now you're getting the brand tax on a bad team, so no value even at 13-1. to 1. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I can't wait for the season to start and watch this play out, but not saying New Orioles are dead, but I do think it opens up opportunities for those other two teams, namely Toronto. Like I like the fact that they start the season on the road, could get off to a slow start, could get an even better price. What are your thoughts on the AL West? So last year, we all came in thinking this division would probably be a two-horse race between the Astros and the Mariners, and maybe the Angels would do something. You know, with Trout and Otani, people were holding out hope, even though there was never really a chance they were going to contend with those two teams. Now it's a three-horse race. You got Houston at plus 115, the Rangers at plus 200, and Seattle at plus 240. I don't know how you can continue to bet the Mariners. I get it on paper. Mm-hmm. Really strong rotation. They have some nice hitters in the middle of their hoarder. Um, Julio's going to be an AL MVP candidate. But I, I think it, for me, like getting the Astros at plus money, it's kind of like the Chiefs thing. Like until somebody beats them for that division, I don't know how you can bet against them at plus money, right? Like the Astros are just inevitable. They're probably going to be in the ALCS yet again this year they got Verlander back he's going to be there to go along with Valdez the rotation is going to be good that lineup obviously with Altuve and Alvarez and Bregman and Tucker like it's going to be stacked so for me it's still the Astros they have shown last year Mark if you couldn't win that division against them last year especially with the lead that the Rangers got out to and with the injuries that they had to deal with with Altuve and Alvarez for most of the year if you couldn't get the Astros last year I don't, I don't know how you're going to get them. So I, uh, especially at the plus money price, I like Houston at plus one fifteen. Yeah, I think it's a good price there to get them a plus money. 
if we look at it from the other side of the coin, like what needs to happen with Houston to open things up to where you would look at Texas to where I don't think Seattle can get there. Still a lot of turnover, you know, young team, but Texas has the confidence now. Like they did beat them. You know, they got to the world series. They're the world series champion that can do a lot for an organization, not saying they're a buy here plus 200 in the division with the Astros, but what do would we need to see out of the Astros to make us think that they're a little bit vulnerable? Is it the bullpen? They start to get some more injuries in the bullpen. That bullpen starts breaking down, not able to win close games. Is that what better should have their eye on when looking at Houston? um, If they're not going to bet them at this price and they want to look at bet Texas a little bit down the line. Yeah, I think it's just te- if Texas, if their starting pitching is able to stay healthy, like if they're able to Grom. get something out of DeGrom and Scherzer and maybe mm-hmm. if they re-sign Montgomery, right, then maybe. But to your point, like I, I really don't know what it's going to take for me to not take the Astros. Like I really don't because Seattle, I just I can't get there until they show me that they can do it. It's like betting on the it's like betting on the Browns or it's like betting on the Lions this season. The reason I the could not pull the trigger, the Chargers. <laughs> The reason that I could not pull the trigger on the Detroit Lions to win the NFC North because I was like, show me. I need you to prove yep. to me you're the favorite. You have all the expectations. I need you to prove to me that you can win it. Detroit proved it, and now I can trust them more going forward. But the Chargers are like a great example, right? The Astros and the Chiefs, like those are two easy teams to kind of compare to one another. And Seattle is kind of like L.A. Like they're that team that, the roster's good. Herbert and Julio Rodriguez, you kind of got your like MVP candidates, but you just you can't get over the hump yet. So that's why I can't get there with Seattle. Um, Houston's the play to me, Mark. They just they know what it takes to navigate the regular season. And I think Texas winning the World Series and not winning the division has shown them that you know what? We don't need home field advantage. Like we don't need to win a hundred games. We know as long as we get in with our lineup and if our bullpen gets hot, like it did last year, we can run the table and beat anybody. So uh, it's Houston for me. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that it's not minus money. I understand why it's not because the Rangers won the world series and the Mariners are a talented team. And the Astros literally won the division on the final day of the regular season last year. But the fact that now they're healthy, and the fact that they lost to Texas last year and there's a little extra chip on their shoulder, uh, to me, they're the play. I like them at plus 115. So that certainly is going to be a fun division. I know we were talking about your Phillies yesterday. You think there's any chance that they could win that NL East over Atlanta, or you think that's the Braves division? I think there's a chance. Maybe it's the homer in me, right? But they're going to need a lot of things to, to, to fall the right way. You know, I mean, Atlanta, obviously, when you look at their – roster i think they have eight positional players between the age of 23 and 29 like they're just young and they are strong um that you know strider obviously leads the rotation so i i think it, over the course of a 162 game season uh i would take the atlanta braves in a seven game series where i could throw out there wheeler and nola um, i'm going to take the philadelphia phillies Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. The Phillies are just, they're kind of built for the postseason, right? Like all these guys, Mm -hmm. like Schwarber is just a playoff guy, right? Like Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler, like they elevate their games in the playoffs. And that ballpark, as you know, it's just, it's a different animal in the postseason than it is on a Tuesday in July. So I think the Phillies are just a team that they're way more built for the playoffs. 
The Braves are built with the depth of their lineup and the two front-end aces that they have with Strider and now having Max Freed healthy for the entire year. I mean, I just think they're that they're going to be the team. Now, I could not lay minus 275 with them yeah, to win the division. Number. That is a big number. That is a big number, especially with how much talent Philadelphia has. But um, I'm with you. Like, I could see a case where the Phillies could win the division, but... I think the Braves are built uh, for the regular season, certainly, and to win that division. Frank Stample's going to join us next at Roto underscore Frank Writer for CBS Fantasy. Going to talk a little fantasy baseball with Frank on the other side. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.